everyone, welcome to All Things Iceland. This is Jules, a native New Yorker that moved to Iceland in 2016. After falling in love with the country, I started the All Things Iceland podcast and social media channels in 2018 to share with travelers and others who are interested in Iceland about the country's fascinating history, culture, nature, language, and travel. Sharing insights, travel recommendations, folklore, interviews, and so much more have helped thousands to become more familiar with Iceland and have epic adventure. Visiting Iceland in October offers a unique and captivating experience, characterized by its transitional weather, much less crowds, and the chance to potentially witness the northern lights. So I will be sharing in this episode what you can expect regarding the weather, average temperature, daylight hours, what to pack and wear if you're visiting in Iceland, road conditions, and so much more. If you're looking for other months in Iceland regarding what you can expect then, I have all those episodes in a category, months in Iceland. But if you also go to allthingsiceland.com forward slash October dash in dash Iceland, you will then find those other months linked too. So easy to get to them if you're trying to find them. A lot of people are really interested, of course, in the summer months, but October is a really good one. So, and you'll definitely find out why as we go along. For the weather and average temperature, so you can expect temperatures ranging from a low of 2 degrees Celsius to 7 degrees Celsius. That's around 36 degrees Fahrenheit to 45 degrees Fahrenheit. While the weather is cool, it often can be wet with frequent rain showers. Of course, it is not guaranteed, but that is something in Iceland that is always the case. But for sure in October, because of the transition that's happening from summer into winter. So definitely know that the days can be crisp and clear or windy and rainy. So having different layers to wear, which I'll go into a little bit, will be very helpful for you. Daylight hours. While we do have significant daylight still in October, there is a prominent shift that has happened. So we've gone from the summertime, which the high of summer, you have 24-hour daylight, meaning even though the sun does go a little bit below the horizon, it pops back up in the summer almost immediately within a couple of hours, and the day literally is never dark, whereas in October... In, in September, we've already seen this, but October for sure, you see that we have clear nighttime and we have around with starting of the month, 11.5 hours of daylight, which is quite good. And we end the month with eight hours. So it's fast approaching that winter is coming. And in the old Icelandic calendar, October, the end of October is the start of winter, it doesn't mean that there's snow on the ground necessarily. But again, these dark winter nights have gone from creeping to being full on in your face on the way. Regarding what to wear in Iceland during October, I say this in every episode, to be fair, so layers. But now we're getting into the layers that would be more appropriate for wintertime. And so, as I mentioned, there can be lots of rain lots of wind and so waterproof and windproof jackets but insulated ones now so as in the summertime because in September you can kind of get away with a lighter thin jacket but you know other layers underneath whereas now is much more necessary to have a more insulated jacket and also 
Your mid layer can be something, of course, like a loba pesa, which is what I often wear, or maybe something that is like a flannel. And for your base layer, of course, something that wicks away moisture but still keeps you warm. And I have examples of those in my ice unpacking checklist if you want to check those out. Hats, gloves, scarves, definitely necessary to keep you extra warm, especially at night or towards the end of the day. And if you're going to be exploring outdoors. And as I just mentioned about my ultimate packing checklist for Iceland, it has summer and winter listed as two separate lists. And going with winter for sure is the best option for October towards the end, definitely. In the beginning, it might not feel as chilly, but you'll see in the evening that those layers come in handy. Road conditions in October during Iceland, they are generally stable. And what I mean by this is that you're not going to have a ton of ice, even though, like I mentioned, the end of October is when we're starting to see, quote, winter, unquote. In the north, you might end up seeing more snow on the mountains and maybe some ice in the morning when you get up or later in the evening on the roads or on your car that just like smaller icy patches, but full on winter has not hit yet. However, the farther north you go, the colder it gets. That's just, I think, part of living out here and this island in the middle of North Atlantic where the north you more north you go, you're getting so much closer to the Arctic Circle. For driving tips, you can still drive pretty much everywhere in the country except for the highlands. There are sometimes roads to the highlands that are still open, but to be fair, it is usually the case that it's good to expect the highlands not to be open during this time. If you want to check, though, you can on road.is, so R-O-A-D dot I-S, it's a website, and you can see the different roads there, if they have been cut off or if there's one or two that are still available. Personally, I feel like October is a really lovely month to come because of the fall colors and the possibility of seeing the northern lights. So I am a big fan of the fall colors. Having grown up in New York City, it is so lovely to see the leaves turning. We don't get a lot of time in October in which the leaves turn like orange, red, yellow. They We have few trees, first of all, but also it's because the wind at some point picks up. We have a windstorm and blows the leaves away that are ones that have turned. So we end up not just having this long season. So when you can get out there and get a chance to see some trees, highly recommend it. Well, the trees that turn. I mean, there are some here that always stay green, but it's just something to look at. It's pretty to see in Iceland, and in places that don't have trees, like Thingvellir National Park, still look really nice as well. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a bunch of trees <laughs> for, for you to do that. And driving around, as I'd mentioned, is still quite easy, meaning you don't have to worry about snowstorms or super packed with ice roads. So renting a car during October is definitely something you can do without any trepidation about it being winter driving. And if you plan to explore Iceland on your own when you visit, I highly recommend using Go Car Rental Iceland. They are a local Icelandic car rental company that has great customer service, a large variety of cars, and very competitive prices. And if you use my code ICELAND10, you can save 10% off your entire cost of your rental car. If they happen to be running any type of deal like 15% off, if you use my ICELAND10 code, they will honor that and give you the 15% off, even though you use my code that's Iceland10. 
So this is FYI. And if you're planning to go use a camper van, this could still be a really good time too. Like I mentioned, it's colder, but it's definitely not winter. And so you can still have a comfortable experience in a camper van, especially one that has a heater. So if you use my code ISON7 with Go Campers, you can save 7% and get two free duvets with your Go Campers van rental. So just to give you three points as to why you should visit Iceland in October, less crowded, definitely a huge plus. And one of the reasons why I like to go out and travel during October because then I can get to some of these places and get some of the nice colors and there's not as many people there. High season has definitely tapered off and there are fewer tourists. The Northern Lights, the darkened skies, of course, increase the chances of witnessing the Northern Lights, which can be a truly magical experience. And I hope for you, fingers crossed, that if you decide to come, that you get a chance to see them because they are fantastic. And of course, like I mentioned, the autumn colors, the landscape turns such a beautiful palette of, of autumn colors that just enhances the beauty around the country. Some of the top activities to do, of course, Northern Lights hunting, hot springs and geothermal pools, enjoying those. As the weather definitely gets colder, dipping into a hot pool always feels nice. Hiking and outdoor activities. This is still time where you can, you know, of course, have access to the trails still. And like I mentioned, not having to worry about all this ice and snow. Glacier tours are literally on ice, but different way in terms of how you enter onto them and you have a guide with you that takes you. So super fun. And of course, any of the other activities that you normally would do besides going to the highlands of Iceland. For events that are happening in Iceland that might be of interest to some of you, there's the Reykjavik International Film Festival. And this one is in between September and October. And that's what it says. I'll have the link to the website for 2024. And it's a popular event that showcases a wide range of domestic and international films. Sometimes we have Icelandic film stars there and other people from around the world that are coming to showcase their films. Maybe you want to showcase your film if you have one. So that's a really fun thing to keep in mind if you're a filmmaker or an aspiring one and want to put in your film as a potential to be shown. There's also the lighting of the Imagine Peace Tower, and this commemorates John Lennon's birthday on October 9th. Yoko Ono comes every year to be there for the ceremony, and it's lit usually from October 9th until December 9th. Then that's the anniversary of his death, and it's on Vide Island. One thing to keep in mind is that the weather can deter this from happening. It happened actually last year when I was planning to go and it was just such a crazy windstorm that they had to cancel it, unfortunately. But they did end up lighting the Peace Tower at some point, just not doing a whole ceremony around it. And an event that is not so much Icelandic, uh, but is definitely increasing in terms of people joining in, and that is Halloween. So the popularity here, I think whether it's, it's probably, to be honest, just capitalism and commercialism in terms of why Halloween has picked up. But to be fair, it's also great for kids in the neighborhood to go around and do the little trick-or-treating. There's a holiday here called Oskodagur that's actually coming up. And it's one of the days as part of Icelanders, what you would call Mardi Gras. It's not obviously Mardi Gras, but kids do dress up. And that's on Oskodagur, which is Ash Wednesday. 
and they go around singing for candy in different shops and companies. There's also two other days. And I'll link to an episode where I talked about some of those traditions because my favorite holiday in Iceland is Bolludagur, or one of my favorite, you know, and that's Cream Bun Day. Amazing. Absolutely the best. I'll be I'll be sharing that on my Instagram and other places. So definitely check that out because I am a huge fan of Icelandic cream buns. They are just insanely delicious and thousands of them are made every year. Tens of thousands of them are made every year and consumed, of course. Before hopping into the random fact of the episode, I want to share some Iceland trip planning resources with you. So whatever month you're going to be coming in, but definitely for if you're coming in October. I've received many amazing emails from listeners of the podcast and followers on social media asking me for advice about what to do in Iceland. And so due to the high demand for this information, I created some resources. All of the ones I would talk about are available through the link in the description of my of this episode on my website, allthingsiceland.com. You can also find them on my homepage or whatever page actually you're on, allthingsiceland.com. At the top of the page, there is a navigation and one of the choices is trip planning help. If you click that, you'll be able to find links to everything I'm about to share. One of the resources is that if you're interested in getting a personalized trip planning advice from me, you can book me for a consultation via the link. After you fill out a short survey and pick a time that's available for both of us, we do a one hour video via Google Meet. And then during this time, we chat about your interests, parts of the countries you want to visit, how to get to most of these places helpful information, how to get the most time out of your trip, because being efficient and not like doubling back to go through things and, and, you know, just planning out everything and talking through it with somebody who's a local, I found is so helpful for people. And I always feel delighted when I hear at the end of the call or after someone's trip, how helpful this was for them. And so, of course, that always makes me even more excited about helping more people and doing more consultations. It brings a bright light to my day to see some of your faces and be able to interact with you. Another great resource is to grab full access to my Iceland map. This map was created for those who want to pick out places and hidden gems around Iceland to make up their own itineraries or to add one to an itinerary they've already created. With full access, you get over 250 places that I recommend in Iceland, along with four itineraries to use for planning your trip. Those itineraries include a 10-day ring road trip, a three-day South Iceland trip, the famous Golden Circle, and a Reykjanes Peninsula day trip. So a one-time purchase gives you lifetime access, which includes any updates I make to the map in the future, which I'm always making updates because new things are popping up that I find fun after I've experienced them and I want to share them with all of you. For the random fact of the episode, October is, in essence, when it comes to the companies that run Northern Lights stores here, the official kickoff for Northern Lights season. Even though you can potentially see them in other months, October is giving you one of the best chances to see them in terms of in the fall, going into winter. And of course, as we get into like November, December, January, February, those are amazing too. March is also a good one. But October is just the time when, because of the long, dark nights, you'll notice a lot more Northern Lights footage popping up on your feeds if you follow any influencers or individuals, companies or whatever, who talk about Iceland. The Icelandic word of the episode is October, which means October in Icelandic. And it's always nice to get these because I know for many of you, Icelandic sounds so foreign and weird. 
But this one sounds very familiar. And hopefully when you give it a try, it feels good to you and you feel accomplished having said a word in Icelandic today. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you.